Numbers Podcast coming at you here on Saturday night. How about that? Normally we record on Sunday afternoon, but we're recording here on Saturday evening after the Los Angeles Clippers win two games that, uh, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it, but we'll, we'll talk about it. No doubt about that. Brandon Marcus here alongside my co-host Matt Matawarn back on the Ethos Clippers Podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend? Sports Ethos Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. It is Saturday Night Live here on the Sports Ethos Clippers podcast, and uh, no place I'd rather be. No place you'd rather be, no place I'd rather be is it is our final podcast of 2023. I can guarantee you that one since we will not be recording one tomorrow. So next time we'll be talking to everybody will be in 2024. And for the Clippers, it's been a pretty solid end to 2023 a win against the hornets that um, was a little bit tougher than it should have been um, and a win against memphis that um, had its ups and downs for sure so we'll get into those games um, first let's talk a little bit about Kawhi before we get into those two games because we'd be remiss about to discuss these games without talking about Kawhi. Um, i want to start off by saying this I think the one frustrating thing for me is that, first of all, Kawhi was never going to play all 82 games. That's why we talked on this podcast about James Harden and how important he would be, because if you lose Kawhi, then all of a sudden you still have Harden and PG, which makes your ability to win games during the regular season a lot easier. Like It certainly makes that more likely. I mean, if you had Paul George last night without James Harden, I don't think the Clippers win that game. Even if you have Batum and Covington, I just don't think you do win that game. And so you get James Harden, and it raises your floor, certainly, and helps you win games in the regular season that you wouldn't have. So we never thought that Kawhi was going to miss or was going to play 82 games. The frustrating thing from my point of view, and I'm guessing you agree with me, Matt, is that I just wish they wouldn't call him day-to-day. Like, if you know he's hurt... And if you're Ty Lu, who said yesterday, I believe it was, that he just has not been cleared to practice, then or hasn't been cleared to play, whatever it might be, don't list him questionable because he's not questionable. He's out. He has not been cleared to play. So he is out. There is no need to list him as questionable. And it would be nice if you say, hey, he's out one to two weeks. And that way the fans aren't thinking themselves, oh, maybe this is the night that Kawhi returns. Oh, maybe this is the night that Kawhi returns. Because you and I were talking, and we're talking about the panic meter. And how worried would you be if Kawhi misses this game and then misses the next game? And, like, I wouldn't be worried if they just flat out came out and said he's out for two weeks. It's like, okay, fine, I get it. He's got an injury. If he's out for two weeks, he returns in two weeks. And and we continue and we go on our merry way. But when you have this day-to-day nonsense, then you start to get really worried that, A, something's being hidden, and B, you worry about whether this is more serious and who knows when he's going to actually come back. And they could just put all this to bed by just being like, hey, he's out two to three weeks, or he's out one to two weeks. That's how I feel right now about this whole Kawhi thing, because this certainly seems like an injury that I thought initially he wasn't going to play against the Hornets, but he'd come back this game because he's day-to-day. Fine, but he's clearly not day-to-day, and now who knows when he's coming back. So I'm confused about what's going on, and it's just one of those things where this has kind of been the M.O. the last couple of years, and it's frustrating from a fan's point of view, um, and I just wish that they would just come out with a clear timeline. What do you think? I agree. It's the same old song and dance. I mean, we've been talking about it forever. You know, there's never a clear timeline, and we're, and we're never even sure if the Clippers themselves know what's going on, if, it, if, it's, if it's them that are, that are being coy, 
if it's Kawhi's camp that doesn't sort of release information, if he has his own trainers or whatever the case may be, we don't know. And that sh- shroud of secrecy has always been a thorn in our side. As Clippers fans and as, ho- as hosts of this podcast, they just a little bit more clarity would really help in us sort of determining how we are feeling about the rest of the season for this team. And I think we have to feel positive after these last few games. You know, as far as a panic meter is concerned, the only reason that I would even flip the switch is because we have we there's so so much uncertainty about what's going on. And um, I want to get to Harden and Zoo uh, in particular in a moment and to why those two are so important while, while, while Kawhi is out. But, you know, I'm looking at um, potential MVP candidates as we were referring to Kawhi as in the last episode and Joel Embiid. Uh, this is his fourth game in a row out. Kawhi's also missed four games. The Sixers are losing to the Bulls as we speak um, at 7-10 uh, Pacific Standard Time here on Saturday night. And so they'll be 2-2 two and two in those four games that the MVP favorite, uh, Joel Embiid, has missed. And the Clippers are currently 2-2 two and two with Kawhi out. So it seems to me that the Clippers can f- keep the ship afloat if Kawhi does miss time. The problem is we don't know how much time and how serious this injury is, as you were alluding to. But with Harden on the team, he can have he play he can play 44 minutes against the Grizzlies, right? You don't have that last year. Yeah. And he is keeping the ship afloat. And the way that he has now unlocked Zoo, who had 15 and 20 rebounds against the Grizzlies, is another reason why Harden just lifts that ceiling with uh, Kawhi out. But to your ultimate point, the panic meter is flipped because who knows what's going on? You know, there's it. It could. It started with a sprained ankle at one point, and, and it was day to day, and then he was out forever. It, you know, he he has a, a knee tweak, and it's day to day, and then he needs surgeries. And we, we, I've, I remember seeing him fall, and that awkward fall where I guess he hurt his hip, and I just who knows what's going on. And it's, it's really frustrating just to to have to play the guessing game once again. Yeah, and who knows what the actual injury is? You know, like apparently, like yeah, for, he got initially hurt. Um, against I forget who it was, and then he reaggravated it in that other game. So it's like he was hurt initially. I don't think he was on injury report, and then all of a sudden here he is. He gets hurt again when he reaggravates whatever was ailing him, and now all of a sudden he's out for a while. Like, he, and also here's my thing: it, it, isn't it a hip contusion? Like that I thought we, it was being reported. If that's the case, isn't it just a bruise? Like, uh, listen, I don't know anything about. Uh, bruises and all that stuff, but it just seems to me you, I don't know if you can re-aggravate a bruise. It feels like there's something more to it, uh, but it's it's just one of those things for fans that I just wish there was clarity. I mean, listen, if Kawhi's got to miss a couple weeks, he's got to miss a couple weeks, man. That's fine. I get it. That's why you brought in James Harden, and you know what you're getting with Kawhi Leonard. He's not going to play 82 games. However, the good thing is that there's now an incentive for him to come back because of the all-NBA teams and the max amount of games that you need to play. I think it's 65, right? Um, And if that's the case, it's somewhere around there. Then you need to come back sooner rather than later. So the ominous part is that um, Law said he would be surprised if uh, he suits up on January 1st. And the bigger question will be, does he travel? And I guess we'll see from there. And if he doesn't travel, then you really got to worry about how long this thing is going to be. Because if he's not traveling, that means that there's still going to be a little bit of a ramp up period. And he's still got to practice or he's still got to warm up beforehand. Like we're seeing Plumlee right now um, get shots up before the game. Like that certainly means that he's almost back. Like usually when a guy's taking the floor before the game, he's 
putting up shots and working on his stuff, he's going to be back soon. Um, the same thing happened last year a couple of times uh, when guys were hurt. So we'll see. It's just one of those things that's a little bit ominous that we don't know what's going on. But at the same time, the Clippers are winning games, so it's not a huge deal. But as a fan, I just like to know. And I think that's, I don't know. Listen, they don't owe us anything. But at the same time, they kind of do because we're fans. So I don't know. It's a tough place to kind of decide where you think we should stand on this. I I, th- I think they at least owe us a little bit of an explanation. Um, and a couple of things. I would be remiss not to say this because this is our last show of the year. Next year, I will become a first-time father. And I just thought I should say it's not so much of a hip contusion at this point as it, a, as it is a hip confusion. <laughs> so... <laughs> it, well done had to get i would have to get that in there um and and the second thing i would say is it's just these these like same feelings or this kind of vibe of the the sun's playoff series from last year when Kawhi looked like the best player in the playoffs like bar none like full stop and then he has a little injury which leads to a a long injury I, i don't even want to say the words but I just, it's just like these, you know, we have these, these experiences and this, these, these experiences to draw on as Clippers fans, and especially as Clippers fans with Kawhi and with injuries and with the, the uncertain injury reporting that were like, well, he was playing so darn well. Mm -hmm. And now something like this happens and we cannot help but think the worst, I think. Yeah. And and I got teased into the fact, hey, maybe he's going to play like 76 games. Like I know he may sit out some back to backs, like. Maybe he'll he'll play some games, but every single time he falls down, I hold my breath because it's just one of those things where you know that he could possibly be hurt, and he did, and he fell, and he played the rest of the game. So, like, how bad could it have been if he kept on playing? But now he's been out now for a little while, and so you wonder, like, when he's actually going to come back. So we'll see. Um, certainly something to monitor, and we'll we'll just cross our fingers and hope he's back sooner rather than later. But with your bad dad joke or good dad joke, whichever way you want to look at it, it reminded okay. me of something that you and I had discussed after our last podcast, that you said we got some new reviews. And so I want to thank some people, because we mentioned that if you leave a review, we will read it on air. And we, of course, we read that review about us being vampires and hating on Russell Westbrook. And since then, we've had three very nice reviews. So I'm going to read that. Um, I'll read them, and then we're going to take a break, and we'll talk about the last couple games. So... We got one from Guy Paco, or Guy Paco. Good Clipper show, as long as Brandon stays positive. Listen, I know. I, I understand. I sometimes am negative, but I try to do whatever I can. I didn't know how to think about Matt at first with his solo pod with his, with his solo pod first thing. First of all, I, I the first pod that you ever did solo, it's freaking hard, man. So you were just trying to figure out things to say, and you did a pretty decent job. So I... I I, uh, I just thought that was funny that they mentioned the solo pod. <laughs> but then they said, but he really grew on me. I think he's very entertaining. Yes, he is. Very smart, very creative, and his mind pretty much a very traditional Clipper fan. Keep it up, guys. So very positive review about you, Matt. Yeah, and he, oh, and, thank you. There you go. Um, another one from LBRBO. Love the pod. Love the Clippers. Vampire Free Zone. Damn right. And then from Klepos32, four days later. Only recently started listening and heard a bad, re- bad review. Well, I disagree because these guys are awesome and funny. Thank you, Clippos32. I appreciate you listening and tell your friends because we are trying to become a big Clippers podcast here. Two fans that enjoy uh, the team 
and want to try and give a uh, non-biased point of view. So that was nice, Matt. A- any words you'd like to say to our uh, listeners? Oh, you got to love that. It, and I'm not exaggerating. It gives me chills just to know that people are enjoying you and I talking about the team that we all love and just trying to make sense of it all. I, I, I do have to speak to that, to the first review. Yes. It was very difficult <laughs> doing, that, doing that first podcast by myself. I had no idea what, what I was doing, what I was going to talk about. I had probably eight pages of notes on a legal pad that I took from work. I probably didn't use any of them. Um, and I'm <laughs> just oh happy God. that people have uh, people, you and Brand- Brandon, you especially, and everybody's giving me a chance to sort of grow and uh, kind of learn on the fly here. And I've stuck, stuck with it. And please continue to do so because it's so much fun to do. That's amazing. Did you really have eight pages of notes? Like you had oh a my, lot of pages I, of notes? I, 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 have, I have them. I will, I will publish them. I'll show you. I oh still have them. Oh my God. That is amazing. I, the funniest thing was just like, the long breaks you would take between like words or sentences because you were trying to figure out what to say next. And it's great. Like, listen, you didn't go to school to be a broadcaster like I did. Like, I mean, it's one of those things where I've been doing it now since I graduated from high school. I mean, I, I did it in college and then have been doing it since. But you did a great job acclimating and getting used to it very quickly. And you've been a tremendous addition to this podcast. So I, I thought that was funny, though. It's it's always one of those things where you can look back at like your, the first time you did something and just laugh about it. And this that was certainly one of those times. I know. I I actually haven't gone back and listened to it just because I know <laughs> how, how mortified I would be. Um, but yeah, shoot, th- those those reviews just like, they're very touching. They're they're awesome. Keep them coming, guys. We we love to hear it. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's pay the bills, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the two wins from this week. All right, so let's start with last night's game because I finally got a chance, Matt, to watch a game from start to finish. You know, when you have a kid and you're married and you have a broadcasting gig, there aren't very many times where you can watch a game from start to finish because I've got all these different things going on. I'm up at 5.30 in the morning some days, 6 o'clock in the morning other days, so I'm not staying up till 10.30 to watch a basketball game. Um, So I got a chance to watch from start to finish, and I was taking notes throughout the entire game just to kind of remind myself of what happened in certain quarters. So yesterday was an interesting one because when you look at Memphis, a team with John Morant and Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr., like they're a good team. And when you don't have Kawhi Leonard, you're looking at other guys to step up. And you and I have talked about the bench unit and how they need to step up and the role players need to step up. This was certainly one of those games because – Harden obviously was strange how he played the first couple of minutes. I tweeted that he needs to be more aggressive because he was passing and it wasn't working out. Then he got going. He had 10 points in the first quarter and he didn't have a made field goal after the first quarter. If you had told me that he wouldn't have had a made field goal after the first quarter and PG would have started one of 11 from the field, I would have told you the Clippers were going to get smoked. But they had certain guys that chipped in when other guys were faltering. For example, Russ. He was tremendous in the first quarter. There was a sequence where he passed up an open three, got that same look two or three possessions later, nailed it. Then he backed down a defender with five seconds left on the shot clock, and you thought, oh, crap. He was going to put up a bad shot. The old Russ would fade away and take a jumper, and it probably wouldn't go in. Instead, what he did was he kicked it out to Kobe Brown, and Kobe Brown got a better look, and he nailed the three-pole. So Kobe had some good... uh, good looks. He had five points in the quarter in the first quarter and had good defense as well. So they're up by eight 
after one. And it just makes me think like, hey, this team is figuring it out. Like when some guys are doing well, others may be struggling, but it seems like this team has the ability to stay pretty even keeled and do pretty well. So first, let's talk about that first quarter in which Harden wasn't very aggressive at first, then he got aggressive, and then other guys were chipping in. Your thoughts on those situations? Yeah, and I, I was I was paying close attention to Paul George pretty much all game as well, but yeah. you know, he started off, I mean, horrendous uh in, in his shooting, but but there was a stick to itiveness that I that I loved and that you know he he's he's he does he can sulk every now and then, but he just kept with it. You know, he ended up fouling out, which you know, that that kind of stuff happens. Uh Harden, like you said, you, you, I, I did, I did read your tweet, and he, he did need to be more aggressive. But just the chemistry and the the trust that everybody has in each other, like you're saying, the extra pass, um, um, you know, trusting Amir Coffee to be three or four from downtown and and getting him involved. In fact, Amir Coffee had the biggest plus minus, and you can't always count on plus minus because Norm Powell, Norm was minus seven on the plus minus, but he was huge in this game. Yeah, he was great in the fourth quarter, but. In in that first quarter, you're right. It's it's a testament to the team. It's a testament to to Ty Lu and getting these guys to buy into his system and just to believe in their teammates, right? Not not just to believe in their own ability. Stick to itiveness only happens if the guys around you can lift you up. So I do think that they they are learning that, and it's going to be a valuable lesson, especially come playoff time. And you know, you you obviously you insert Kawhi into the mix. It's a different story, but in this particular game. Um, trusting trusting their teammates, and then playing. So there was a couple of defensive sequences that I, at first, I thought I was like, "What are they doing?" Because they would rotate, and somebody somebody on the on the Grizzlies would be wide open for a three, but it'd be somebody like Zaire Williams, who's over two from three. There'd be somebody like John Brown, like, "What are you leaving Moran open for?" But he was off that night, so perhaps they they had a little intuition of who they could leave. So I thought defensively they played really well. And in that first quarter as well, obviously, um, winning 33-25. But I, I do think that they are learning to trust each other and to to understand that there will be ebbs and flows um, within the game and that if they stick to Ty Lue's system and, and especially to the defensive uh, rotations that that they're supposed to, that they can win any of these games. Yeah, and the defense is a good point because it hasn't been very good without Kawhi Leonard. Like, if you follow anybody on Clippers Twitter, they'll mention it. Yeah, like, the defense just hasn't been good without Kawhi Leonard. And so it was better yesterday. And you look at what the Clippers did um, in the second quarter. They gave up that 20-5 to run to tie it at 49-all. PG couldn't hit a shot. Jaron Jackson Jr. was getting the better of Zoo. But they were able to stay strong, and they took a five-point halftime lead thanks to a couple of Zoo dunks and Harden free throws, and then Mann got a layup on a great feed from Russ to close out the half. And, I mean, look at halftime. PG was 1 of 9, 0 for 5 from 3. The bench had 26 points. Russ had 10, Brown had 7, Powell had 6, and Harden had 12 points with 8 assists. And Harden played 22-49 of the 24 minutes. He sat for 1 minute and 11 seconds of that first half, which is, I mean, just that in and of itself is so valuable, man. To have a star that is willing and able 
to play damn near the entire first half. I mean, that's not something you see very often. That's like college-level stuff where you'll see a player play the entire game or the majority of the ball game. You don't see that often in the NBA, and it happened. And for Harden to do that on a night where PG was struggling and Kawhi wasn't there, I mean, that was massive. So it's it's one of those things where Harden was great, and then he didn't really do much the rest of the ball game. Um, so it's it was nice to see Harden kind of take on that leadership role, and it feels like the Clippers are in good hands with James Harden. And I want to ask you something. And listen, I've been all over the place here. I was going to kind of go quarter by quarter because I had it written down by quarter, but that's stupid. Um, curious to get your thoughts. PG or Harden? Who's the second best Clipper? It's Paul George. Really? Okay. Um, I think he's. I think Paul George is the is the second best Clipper from a skill perspective. Now, if you're talking about leadership, because it it's James Harden's decision. I mean, Ty Lue, of course, has everything to do with how this team is who in the starting lineup and the rotations and all this kind of stuff. But if Harden wants to come out, he waves his hand, he comes out. So if he wants to stay in, like you said, basically the entire second half, he's going to stay in. So he, uh, he has taken a leadership role. So who's, who's, who's the most important. It's still going to be PG, but I mean, it's one, a one B or I guess two, a two B because obviously Kawhi's one, a, but if you're talking about the second best player, I still think it's Paul George. I do think that James Harden, but just is right there, and it it goes to show that he's now in absolute peak. I don't know about peak, but he's in absolute game shape. He's taken on a leadership role. He's getting guys to stay after practice, as we, we've all heard the stories with Sue, with Tice. I'm sure when Plumlee comes back, he'll be incorporated into the mix to unlock those big guys as he's want to do. But I don't think he's the second best player on the team. I still think it's Paul George. You? I'm kind of torn at this point. Because, listen, in terms of being an all-around scorer and the ability. And I, almost, I had to interrupt. I almost said yeah. Zoo, by the way. But, okay, go ahead. Well, he's pretty important and underrated for sure. Um, in terms of what the, this Clippers team is doing and the way they're functioning, I think right now it's actually James Harden. Because PG is one of those dudes that I feel like is very... Um, hot or cold at times and shooting the basketball wise Harden can certainly be like that but just the ability for Harden to do so many other things I mean he was getting his hand on everything when guys were coming into the paint yesterday and he's a small dude and he had three blocks like every time a guy would go up he would swipe at him and sometimes you'll see it be a steal if they're able to knock it away before they go up for the shot but when they go up for the shot it's gonna be called a block and he had three blocks and what he's being able to do defensively, despite his lack of skills when it comes to staying in front of a guy that has speed, and plus the ability to just throw lob after lob after lob to get the Clippers easy looks, I just feel like for where they are right now and the importance to this team going forward, I think it's now actually Harden number two for the importance going forward. Um, in terms of actual basketball player, hard to tell, but just in terms of importance, I think it's Harden two. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And yeah, importance and best, I guess, are, are two different are two different categories. I do think that's the first time since Lou Williams introduced James Harden to Lemon Pepper Wings that anybody's called him a small dude. <laughs> but I but I will say what he's doing and, and how he's integrated into this team is just invaluable and it 
it does lift the Clippers to a legitimate contender ranking. So without him, they couldn't have done it. But I do think that also without Paul George playing the way that, you know, obviously he was off mm-hmm. to begin that game. and But like I said, he stuck to it. And, and he's been so good defensively. His steals numbers. I, I it's, it's hard to say. It's, it's a great question. Uh, I'm going to stick with Paul George, but I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to like sh- shake you uh, to knock some sense into you if you say James Harden because there yeah. is an argument to be made, which you did uh, eloquently. And I, uh, I'm i still going to stick with PG, but I'd be curious to know what, what others think on this one because that's that's a great question. Yeah, and, and to go on that PG point, I mean, listen, the Clippers were on a 10-2 run to start the third quarter uh, behind Zoo, Coffee, and Man, and then PG finally got one to go after starting one of 11, and he started to cook. I mean, he had a huge double clutch, too, to end the quarter when the um, Grizzlies stupidly threw the ball out of bounds without even touching anybody, and the Clippers had those two seconds. They brought PG back in, great sub, obviously, and he ended up hitting that shot, and they had a 19-point lead after three. PG had 16 points on six of of 17 shooting after three, so he was great. I mean, the Clippers then fell apart in the fourth quarter when Harden got his first rest after he played 26 straight minutes. 26 straight minutes Harden had played, if you go back to that first half. Um, and then Harden checked back in. The Clippers um, obviously saw Memphis make an eight-point game. And then PG hit a couple shots. Powell had some massive buckets at the end of the game, and they won the ball game. So that's your little recap of stuff that I wrote down in terms of key points. And so um, of the guys that I brought up, you mentioned you want to talk about Zoo. And, I mean, he was unbelievable. 15 points, 20 rebounds. I think the broadcast said it was the second most rebounds he's had in a game. Um, and he had six offensive rebounds. He was able to do whatever he wanted at most of the points in the ball game. Played 33 minutes. You and I have always talked about if he plays 30 plus minutes, the Clippers are in good shape. A massive game for him. We talked about Harden and his importance, but dude, Zoo has just been so good in this stretch. And you look at what he's done, and he has nine double doubles in his last 17 games. And you talk about where the Clippers would be with without Zoo. Man, he's been outstanding. So go ahead. Go ahead. Praise praise your dude. I mean, the haircut man himself, Zupercuts, has been <laughs> on another level this this season, especially since him and Harden have really got in, in sync. Because, I mean, we're talking about, you said, you said it, 15 points, 20 rebounds, six of them offensive, and then he's seven of eight from the field. He's no longer, he's, he's no longer like missing bunnies. He is, he's, not taking hook shots. He never took jump shots, but he's just, he's really just getting to the rim. And, and I said, he, I said before, when he's getting these rebounds, it's full extension. He looks like the biggest guy out there on the court. And I know you said triple J was giving him, giving him some issues last night. And that's fine. Cause triple J is a great player. He's going to give people issues every now and then, but zoo is locked in. So important to this team, as we always say, but you have to it just, it can't be overstated what he's been doing I mean, he's he's 18 and 14 in that game against the hornets right 7 11 from the field 4 of 8 from the line okay so you you wish that would be a little bit better but that's just the way it is he's a, he's a big man we can't all be Joel Embiid who by the way missed his fourth game like i said tonight and they did lose to the bulls so they're 2 and 2 since the uh mvp favorite's been out the Clippers also two and two since our MVP favorite has been out. Hmm. But but Zoo is just I mean he is dominating and I just I love the double digit rebounds. 
I love that they're coming in like a so like I said, uh, was it as I say six offensive rebounds coming against the Grizzlies. Uh, uh, excuse me, five offensive rebounds coming against the Hornets. I mean, the O boards, the second chance opportunities. He's really mixing it up in there, and he's a force to be reckoned with down low. And you need that come playoff time, especially against a lot of these teams. Like if you if you were to play like a Nuggets or a, or a Minnesota, um, God, I, I know I know I know. Okay, see, uh, kind of ran us out of the building, but like we said, that was probably. Chalk it up to a schedule loss. Now they're great. OKC is great, but I think Zoo could do some damage against them given given an opportunity in a seven game series. So I just I, I I can't say enough about what Zoo is doing and about how Harden has a, has a role to play in that. With like we said, we've heard the stories a million times. They stay after practice. They work. They get they learn their spots. But I mean, just what a great development and to have him continue to develop. I just hope the Lakers are enjoying uh, Mike Muscala. Oh, my God. Probably one of the worst trades. Oh, man. Um, Yes, agree with all of what you just said. And what he's been able to do, anchoring the defense, getting rebounds, getting all those lobs from James Harden, the chemistry they've got, like you mentioned. I mean, for him to just get as many easy shots as he's getting, it seems stupid, but those lobs are so big for Zoo because – once in a while, a big man wants to get some touches and wants to get some buckets. Like, listen, they don't want to score 30 a game. They know what their role is. But feed the big man every once in a while. Make them feel some love. And then they'll be even more engaged on the defensive end because they're getting those big buckets and they've got that energy and they feel like that they're being looked at when they're fighting down low every possession. Like, the big man is always fighting for position when you have the ball offensively. And so they're setting those hard screens. Like, reward them every once in a while. And the Clippers have been doing that with Zoo. So it, it was, it's been nice to see him perform the way he's performed. Um, obviously, we talked about PG. We talked about Harden. Um, the other guy that stood out yesterday for me, a couple guys, actually. You mentioned Norm. So we can hit on him. He was not good in the first couple of quarters. He didn't even play in the third quarter. But he had a couple of massive buckets late in that fourth quarter. And he's been outstanding. And it seems like whenever they need a bucket late, He's there. He ends up with 13 points and six rebounds and played 25 minutes. You and I have talked about how it's his importance off the bench, but we saw it again last night and how important it was to have him in a game where PG fouled out and Harden couldn't get a shot to go. It's nice to have a guy like Norm Powell that you know can get the scoring going. He had this this floater, and I, I, I want to say it was a bank shot in the lane that just sort of righted the ship as Memphis was just charging back and Again, we were going, oh no, like what, what, what's going to happen here? But, but very late, Norm Powell was able to write the ship. And that's another one of these stick to things that the guys obviously trust him and he trusts himself. And in a pinch, he's going to get in the lane. And if he's not going to go the line, he's at least going to put up a quality shot. And just what a punch off of the bench. I'm so happy he wasn't involved in any in any trade that that was that was Harden or or any other that may have happened because I know I know he was he was thrown into that mix with Marcus Morris Sr. with Covington. Um not so much Batum, but with those two guys, like he he was one of the names you hear a lot with Brandon Boston of guys that are most likely to be traded. And I'm just so happy he wasn't because he's very important to the team. He's a pro. He's a pro's pro. We know this. 
Um, and despite some of his struggles, it would look like lately, if you just look at the box score, no, he's very important to the team because when you need a bucket late and Paul George is fouled out, Kawhi Leonard is out with an injury, you can look to Norm Powell to be that offensive spark that you need. Yeah, and to have that Lou Williams type guy, I mentioned it before, to have that instant offense, yeah, baby, to have that instant offense off the bench is just so nice. I mean, to have that guy you can kind of rely on that can get you buckets when the offense is kind of stalled, it's huge. And so it's been nice to see that for sure. Um, Also, I want to shout out Russell Westbrook, man. Um, Of all the guys yesterday, he impressed me the most. Um, He was confident in his shot making, in his jumpers. He was smart most of the time. He did have a stretch where he had a couple of really stupid turnovers in the fourth quarter um, that allowed that 10-0 run for Memphis. But he was just so aggressive and so energetic. I mean, the one thing about basketball and rebounding is that a lot of it is effort. If you want the ball and you want to actually go after that rebound, if you work your ass off, you can get it. And with Russell Westbrook, he wants that ball. He wants to get more possessions, offensively and defensively. And the energy and athleticism that he continues to display has been really impressive. And he was great yesterday. For him to go two of four from three and to have six rebounds and six assists, I mean, he just seemed so happy playing. You saw him when he was able, um, I think it was, was it man? Was it coffee that he was able to feed um, for a dunk late at one point, and he just had this huge smile and like ready to give the player a hug, whoever it was. It, it's it's great to see, and so he really impressed me last night. I, I just I just love what 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 Russ is doing. It, it it was it was to coffee, and I actually tweeted about it because uh, Russell had this huge smile on his face after he fed coffee. Norm jumps off the bench and is going crazy. These guys love Amir Coffee and they love playing with each other and hooking them up each other up. And you know, I the Knicks made a big trade today, uh, getting OG Ananobi. But a lot I, always people are saying, you know, Josh Hart is just the best rebounding guard in the league. He has a nose for it. And I think people often forget, no, 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 no. Hold on. Because Westbrook uh is still probably the best rebounding guard guard in the league, getting 11 of them, let's not forget, against the Hornets uh, a game before, and then getting six of them against the Grizzlies. So how Russ has bought in, how he's playing into his role, 20 minutes here against the Grizzlies, 28, so big time, um, against the Hornets. But he, his enthusiasm, you're right, and you, you nailed it on the head, his enthusiasm, his effort, uh, and his just will to get those rebounds he just wants it more than the other people on the court, and and it shows. Uh, when when especially like you said, you, you luckily you got to watch the game start to finish. When you're watching, you just see that he's out there and he wants it. And we saw that last year. Um, and I hate to bring it up again, but when Kawhi went out against the Suns, you know the reason that the Clipper fans, all of us thought, well, do we do we actually have a chance? Is because Westbrook just put it up to another level. Not that he needs to do that, do that anymore with Harden, but it's nice to know that we do have that in the chamber should we need it. Yeah, and uh, a special shout-out to Amir Coffey and Kobe Brown. 
Um, those two guys were really solid as well. For Amir Coffey to have the confidence to take the three when he gets those wide open shots. Um, like you said, he had the best plus minus, a plus 23 in that game. He was five of six, three of four from three. And, I mean, the box score doesn't tell. The box score doesn't lie. He was really good when he was in. Um, he was great defensively. He was solid offensively. And then Kobe Brown, I mean, for him to play defense the way he did and get some big rebounds that it showed his athleticism and his desire. I thought he fit in really well with that bench unit. And I just want to shout out those two guys because I thought Coffee and Brown played really well. And if you couldn't gather from this podcast, we basically talked about everybody apart from Tyson Mann. It seems like everybody really had a role in yesterday's game. And the more of those types of games that you have when Kawhi Leonard is out, the more wins you're going to get. And so it really seems like everybody's buying in. But yeah, Amir Coffee and Kobe Brown were really good last night, Matt. And I, and I will say just one more thing about Kobe Brown. Watch watch any of his post-game interviews or press conference. He is such a good dude. I just love watching this guy talk. Uh, he just seems like the greatest kid. I'm so happy to have him have him on the clips. Uh, I wouldn't say he's my favorite Kobe ever to play for L.A., but yeah. he's you know, he's, he's rising up there in the ranks. Yeah, listen, he's got big uh, big shoes to fill, for uh, no doubt about that. But for him to uh, to even play the way he's played already as a rookie, it's impressive. And so I'm really happy with what he's done um, thus far. And we'll see if he continues to grow and what, what he turns into. But it's nice to see a young player contribute for the Clippers. Um, a couple of words on the Hornets game. I mean, we I think we went deep into the last game. There's no real point to go deep into a game that happened, what was it, Monday or Tuesday? I think it was Monday that they played against the Hornets when they were up by five of the half. Harden had 20 points in that first half. Um, Tyson Westbrook each had eight. Kobe Brown, again, here there's that name. Great defense in that one. Westbrook had five rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block um, in the first half. So it was good to see the Clippers um, have different guys that chipped in. They had that, that game was way too close. I mean, for it to be a two-point game after three, was not great. The Clippers have lost 12 of their last 13, by the way, heading into that game without Kawhi. Um, so now they've won two in a row without him. So it's nice to see them actually like see that they can win without him. Um, but the Clippers going on that 24, or rather the Hornets going on that 20, 24 to seven run, and the Clippers responding with a 16 nothing run after falling behind by six was huge. So shout out again. Westbrook had a huge three, blocked Richards in a sequence, and then assisted Zoo on a dunk. So he was great as well. Um, so yeah, this is a Good, bad win, I guess you want to call it, um, or a bad, good win, whatever, whichever way you want to phrase it. But you shouldn't have a team like Charlotte play uh, that close to you. But again, it shows the importance of Kawhi Leonard and how this team can struggle in stretches. But again, it's there are certain guys that stepped up that needed to, and they got the W. And 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 if it was this time last year, you and I would probably be on this podcast saying, why do the Clippers lose these games that they should win? Nope, now they're winning these games that they should win like this game against the Hornets, even if it's ugly, even if it's a struggle, you pull it out at the end, you get the W and at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what counts. Yeah, exactly. And, and you got the win. And yeah, like you said, I mean, there are so many times we come on this podcast and be like, Oh, what a stupid loss. Like, listen, it happened earlier this year against Denver, but apart from that it hasn't really happened this year. The Clippers have won most of the games they've needed to win and they beat Memphis and Charlotte, both those teams they should have beaten. And now coming up, they take on a Miami team that probably is going to be without Jimmy Butler because he left today's game with a foot injury. Um, RIP to my fantasy team that has had Kawhi and has had Mark Williams, who has been doubtful every single ball game. You talk about just hiding oh what's going on on an injury report. My God, 
something's going on with Mark Williams and nobody's talking about it. There's no way you can list a guy doubtful every single game. He's, I mean, he's out. Um, so yeah, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi, Mark Williams, not great. But nonetheless, it's another game that probably you should win. If Jimmy Butler's out, it's obviously Bam and Hero that you really have to worry about. And that's a game you should win on New Year's Day. So it's another game that you look at the schedule and you say, listen, you probably don't have Kawhi in that ballgame um, if he still hasn't been cleared to play. But it's a game you want to win because then you go on the road and you take on Phoenix and New Orleans, and both those will be tough since Bradley Beal is back. And then you play the Lakers, um, and then you come back home and you face Phoenix again. So it's a tough four-game stretch after this Miami game. So a, a, a game you really should get a win. Big big stretch coming up. I'm 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 just happy that the January first game is in the evening and not in the afternoon. It's it's going to be difficult against a Heat team that, kind of like the Clippers. They everybody on that team trusts each other and they trust that everybody can step up in the absence of their star. So there's gonna be a lot of heart, a lot of grit coming from both sides in, in that in that game. And you know, I was just I was looking at these box scores today to see if about Jimmy Butler going down. Did you see and I I, I just want to take it away just 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 for a second, not not fantasy, but maybe a little bit. You see Halliburton at twenty two and twenty three yes. again today. Second, second straight twenty twenty game. With two to only two, zero turnovers last time, two yeah. tonight. Holy smokes! Yeah, he's incredible. I mean that that Halliburton for Sabonis trade has worked out for both teams. Um, everybody thought at first that it was a really bad trade for Sacramento because Halliburton was just unbelievable, and I mean he's taken it up ten levels. But I mean Sabonis has fit in really well with De'Aaron Fox, and they need to separate Fox and Halliburton. But man, I think Indiana got the best player in that deal because Halliburton is a stud. He's a he's a superstar, and there's there's no doubt about it. But coming back to the Clippers up upcoming schedule yeah then that january 3rd game against the suns with their quote-unquote big three intact um you know i'm never scared of the suns so i don't really mind that one and then new orleans will be interesting because new orleans just gives the clippers problems yeah uh, and that's that's on friday january 5th so i'll be really curious to see just how they match up defensively again what zoo can do um valentinus always has a field day and then if the Pelicans are are 100% healthy, like, well, it all depends on if Kawhi is there too, because how are we going to match up against Zion and Bi? So it, it'll be quite interesting. This is a this is a great stretch um, coming up for the Clippers starting in the new year, just to just to see where we're at. Um, and I don't want to say reset because that's usually what you do at the beginning of the year, but more so to keep it going and keep building towards, you know, the Clippers the Clippers sitting fourth currently in the west and i i did tweet this out uh when when you and and justin were uh russo were on at, at the beginning of the year justin wilson was, uh, justin wilson excuse me yeah oh, sorry getting my justin's confused I, <laughs> I know plenty of them understand Justin Wilson. i i i, I apologize justin come at me if, if you need to <laughs> but we all put out our uh our season-long predictions and i mine was and justin agreed that the clippers would finish fourth Oh, you're talking about and, Shane, the Shane podcast, right? Oh, this is Shane Young. This is Shane. Yeah, yeah. Boy, I'm getting I'm getting all kind of stuff mixed up here. Okay, so Shane, Shane Young, sorry, Shane Young, Shane, Shane. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> we, um, I told you I was overtired after an IKEA trip. It's it always gets crazy. Understandable, man. It, it's it's dad mode right now. I understand. So the Clippers finishing fourth, and they currently sit in fourth. And I said specifically, the only three teams above them would be Denver. Oklahoma City and the Suns. Now that's three out of four if you count the Clippers in, four, in in fourth place. So 
I think I'm sitting pretty right now, just as the year ends on my prediction. And we'll see if the Clippers can continue that momentum. Shane, I'm so sorry. Jeez, I, 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 we, he and I even exchanged tweets about it yesterday. I can't believe I... Boy, I'm so embarrassed. Sad, sad. It's all right. It's all good. But yes, you're right. The Clippers are off to a good start. And uh, right now you look at the standings. They're currently sitting fourth as they are two and a half back of Denver. And they are a half a game back or it's a half a game up rather on Sacramento. And so you'll certainly take that. And it's also good when the Clippers see the Lakers lose as the T-Wolves beat the Lakers. And so that's great for the Clippers because... Listen, um, I know the T-Wolves are first, but let's try and just have the teams below you lose. And that happened with the Lakers losing. So that's good to see. Big game against Miami. No doubt about that. I'm not entirely sure when we're going to do a podcast next because the Clippers play um, against Miami on Monday and then Wednesday at Phoenix. So maybe we get one out Wednesday night after the Phoenix game or we get one um, between the Miami and Phoenix game or we just do one Friday after the New Orleans game and recap those three games. So we'll see. When we're able to get one out, um, things get a little more dicey because we had a Thursday um, pod time usually, but um, I now have broadcast a lot of the time, so I'm Thursday. So we'll see how it goes, um, but we'll try and get one out to you next week as early as we can. But a happy 2024 to everybody. Hope you have a great new year. Have a very safe New Year's Eve. Um, if you if you are celebrating, be careful. Um, and always remember that AAA will do free towing on New Year's Eve. So that is a, a shout out for AAA. So for Matt, I'm Brandon. It has been a pleasure to have you this entire 2023. If you can drop us that review, five-star rating certainly helps the podcast grow. At BD Marcus on X for myself, at Matt Matt Warren for Matt. So for Matt, I'm Brandon. Until next time, happy new year and go Clips. Go Clips, happy new year. <laughs>